Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 12, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 50, the second full paragraph. Today's readers are Sarah H. on the 12 Steps, Nancy S. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Rachel N. M., Katie G., and Elaine B. The reference number for yesterday's meeting, February 11th, is 7319. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah H. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Sarah. Thanks. Good morning. This is Sarah H. in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual... uh, Sorry. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service, and I pass. 
Thank you, Sarah H. And I'll now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy K. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thanks, Nancy. Thank you. The 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership it is, a is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does require that the share, your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Uh, today we resume our study of the big book on page 50, the second full paragraph, which begins in our personal stories. And I will ask Rachel N.M. to begin reading. Good morning, everyone. This is Rachel N.M., I'm recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular 
approach, or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these matters, that these are matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. Well, I don't understand all of this and how it works in the spiritual realm. Um, but I do know one thing, that God is very patient, and he doesn't force anyone to do anything. And it's a beautiful thing that we, as a fellowship, can work together and we can allow each person to seek for himself and we don't tell each other what we need to do or try to control each other's journey. Um, this doesn't change change who God is. It doesn't change um, doesn't change anything about God. But we are we are kind and respectful one to another, and. Um, and it doesn't seem, as long as we start out believing that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity, it doesn't seem to make any difference um, in the relief from our our obsessions. And for that, all of us are thankful. And, and that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you, Rachel. And um, who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Larry. Okay, I heard Larry, Bella, and who else? Christiane. Carol G. Christiane and Carol D. Well, let's start with those. Go ahead, Larry. Thanks, Kathy Kay. Uh, This is Larry, a recovered combustible reader from Chicago. Um, So... You know what we learn here. You know we 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 have a personal story, and uh, and and it's good. There's you know wide variation um, in you know approaches and how we how we came to believe, um, and we don't have to agree as as we've learned it with a particular approach or conception. That it, it makes little difference. You know it's our experience that. Um, you know, that we have, and that's, that's, here's, you know, here's my personal experience. You know, I, I went, I moved from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence, and it didn't happen overnight for me, but there's no worries, you know, for you. But see, belief in God provided me really with a system of meaning in the world, um, which, which inevitably stands outside of conflict, both um, the internal conflicts I had and and the external conflicts. And, and what it gave me, you know, it gave me transcendence, you know, something greater than me beyond my material self that um, allowed, for, for a, uh, allowed for me to have a profound experience. That's what these steps enabled me to do. And, it, and there was morality in it, you know, that it, it gave me the power to act for good. Um, uh, and it, 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 I think the other thing too for me in moving from this self-centered existence to a God-centered existence is it really showed me the capacity for relationships with others. 
because God enables me to relate to others. First, um, I learned how that, you know, that there could be this higher power personal to me, greater than me. And coming to believe in a power greater than myself doesn't, you know, it doesn't prove that God exists. You see, there, there was a gap for me between God belief and God existence. But that gap was filled with my personal experience of transcendence. That's what filled that gap. And that gap um, also provided a space for free will. God would never make me work these steps. God would never make me put my food down. God would never make me treat other people well. So that gap provided a space for my free will, but also um, that gap provided a space um, for the experience, experiences like hope and faith. Because when I came to these rooms, I didn't have much uh, hope. And even empirical research has generated evidence that transcendent experiences are possible, yet I don't need any evidence to convince me what occurred in my life. You know, I came to OA dying physically and emotionally. And I eventually followed a practical program of action that was suggested in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I had, as a result, over time, didn't happen overnight, I had a transcendent experience, a spiritual awakening that saved my life. That's a fact. Now I simply tell other people what happened to offer them hope, that if it could happen for me, if it could happen for a wretch like me, maybe it could happen for you. And so I'm, I'm very grateful uh, uh, for the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Bella, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankfully covered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. In our personal stories, yes, in the program, I learned that the program is the we. We are all together. And yet, it's personal stories. Yes, we are all here together because we are all here human. We are powerless. We are, we are powerless. And this is the difference. Before the program, I, I was very self-centered, very lonely and very alone. And yet, personal stories. Each of us, each of us is a unique child of God. We all are different in our talents. We are all different in our personality. And this is the beauty, <clears throat> sorry, and this is the beauty of life because it's like a puzzle. We need all of us all of us, we are a small little piece of a whole puzzle. And even though we are unique in our stories, this is what makes us the, what make the connection because we are all connected to one loving, expect, accepting Father. We are, we are all in our unique stories, in our unique experience. We are connected to a greater power, a power that accepts us. And this is the beauty, because we are all unique, this is the way to learn from each other, because we are powerless. I don't know everything all the time, and this is the, a wonderful opportunity 
to learn all the time to learn to learn from each person to learn from each situation to learn from each behavior because we are all a unique story to that bring us connected to to a greater power than ourselves thank you for letting me share and i pass thank you bella g uh christian are you there Hello? Yes. Are you asking for Chrissy M? Yes. Hi, this is Chrissy M, Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Anorexic from New Jersey. Um, this, the stories were really important to me. I came into AA first, and that, the stories in the back, especially freedom from bondage, there were certain stories I identified with so much. And I think that here where it says, in our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. I think it was really important for me to be able to identify, and it was so helpful that there was such a variation because we are all so different and we come with with a lot of, I came with a lot of baggage and a lot of uh, armor that needed to be broken down. And one of my favorite lines in the AA 12 and 12 is that we have to have a chink. It it allows a chink in our armor where the light of reason can shine. And I think that for me, when I can identify with someone's experience and their process, I could say, yeah, me too. That might work for me too. And that's just the a chink in my armor enough for me to be able to at least give it a go. So with with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Chrissy M. And Carol B., please go ahead. Hi, I think it's Carol G., is it? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's it's okay. Thank you. It's Carol. We covered um, living in the U.K., very, very grateful. Uh, we covered compulsive overeater today. Thank you for the reading. Wonderful. I honed in on the questions are for each individual to settle for himself. I settled with a higher, a higher power finally, and that changed everything for me. Everything. Um, I found my big hitch through trial and error. Um, I started with a tree. I, bur- I buried. I remember burying my last candy bar at its roots but it didn't work. It was very poetic, um, but it didn't work. I borrowed my sponsor's higher power. That was interesting, but that didn't work either. Um, My experience was, in the end, I had to just chip, chip away. Every time I heard someone else sharing their version of a higher power, I would bark and I'd think, oh, there goes another one off the list. There goes another one off the list. Until finally, I settled at the one that I have today. And to describe it to you is really, really difficult to do, but... I can tell you what it can do for me. Um, I've been off vision for you this week because I went all Bill W on myself and sank into what seemed to be this awfully great depression. And I was plagued by waves of emotional trauma. And um, what it was I've learned now is this huge powder keg of feelings that have been hidden underneath all that stuffing down with the food over the years. It just all gushed up in one go, um, and I've literally been crying for three days straight, and I did fear at one point for my recovery because I thought, gosh, this is so intense. 
And if I have such intense emotions, it leads to a spiritual blackout and I will eat. But no, this higher power that I settle on and live with just had me in its grace. That spirit that moved through me in steps four to nine and dislodged something, changed something, has also brought all this stuff to the surface. And it had the power to keep me safe from food whilst I just allowed my life force to just rearrange its furniture and do its own little house cleaning. So I'm actually feeling about 10 pounds lighter today. And I don't mean my body weight, I mean my spirit. My spirit is very light, I'm more open, I'm more willing. And there are lots more questions for me to ask myself and ask of the program and, and ask of the people that I meet on the journey. So questions for each individual to settle for themselves. Find a higher power that you can settle with. It makes all the difference and I pass. Thank you, Carol G. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Hello, this is Rose G. Can you tell me what you did? We're, we're on page 50, the second full paragraph, Rose. Thank you. Would anyone else? Anyone else? Okay, this is Kathy Kay. I'll take a turn. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, this paragraph makes me feel uh, a part of because for me, um, it was a very long journey to find a higher power that I could um, live with and benefit from. Um, and it was in reading the stories that I began to see possibilities. Um, but what really, really helped me was to ask fellow travelers um, their conception of a higher power. And little by little, I began to see what was possible and what might um, work for me. And finally, my sponsor asked me to write down what it is I need my higher power to do for me. And that was the beginning of shaping a concept um, that I can turn to on a daily basis, anytime, at the first sign of discomfort, I can turn to this higher power and uh, find comfort, find insight, um, find support. Uh, it's just an extraordinary experience. And if you had told me even uh, 10 years ago that this would happen for me, I would have said unlikely because I had already been in the rooms for 10 years. Uh, still agnostic, still unable and unwilling. So it's really through listening to all of you that gradually I became, um, became willing and became able to create a concept that really does work for me today. And with that, I pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? Renata. I heard Renata, I heard Elaine B, and Sue G. Is there anyone else? Alice. Leia. Okay, uh, Leia, and I heard one other. Allison, was it? Alice M. Charles H. Okay, Alice M and Charles H. We'll stop there. So, uh, 
Renata Elaine B. G. Leah, Alice M., and Charles H. Please go ahead, Renata. Hi, thanks, Kathy. This is Renata. Uh, good morning, everyone. Reco uh, Renata recovered from post in New York. Um, I'll be very brief. You know, it says um, uh, the way, you know, the teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. So what it says to me is that it doesn't matter how I approach or conceive, you know, a notion of a higher power. All I need to do is you know, come to believe that there is a power greater than me. And for me, like, when I came to program, I had a notion of a higher power, but I didn't feel comfortable with what I've learned in church. You know, uh, the church I used to go to, they talked about, you know, God and Son of God and how, like, when we pray, we need to, to direct the prayers to, you know, a specific name, and that made me feel uncomfortable. And uh, so I had to come to to terms that it was okay not to pray exactly how church told me to pray. I had to find an idea of a higher power that was comfortable, that, you know, it was suitable for me. And that's what I did. You know, I, 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 I started, you know, uh, developing this uh, notion of a higher power that, it was all good and you know it was that i felt comfortable reaching out to because if if i don't how how am i going to get help for this program if i don't feel comfortable reaching out to my higher power so in my case it wasn't even that i had to um conceive a notion of a higher power but i had to change the one i had i had to to let go of my old ideas thanks and i pass thank you renata Elaine B., please go ahead. Press star one, Elaine. Sorry about that, Kathy. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts, and um, happy to share on this, this passage. Um, our own personal stories, you'll find wide variations in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. It's like walking into a beautiful garden that has all kinds of variety in it, just like walking into a vision for you or um, Overeaters Anonymous or, or any of the anonymous programs. All different people, personalities, colors, sizes, uh, uh, shapes, um, but with one common, common factor are compulsive overeating. And whether that uh, manifests itself in, in binging, in exercise bulimia, in restricting, in, um, you know, any different form or, you know, just like me where I tried everything and then I just gave up and accepted the fact that I was going to be fat. I was going to be 100 pounds overweight for the rest of my life. I just might as well accept it. But, you know, I, I, I've managed to come into these room, thank God, and I found that I could uh, I could open a door I, I hadn't cracked open. Um, you know, this approach is all-inclusive, never exclusive. You don't have to say, I'm this faith, I'm that faith, I buy this concept, I do this, I believe that. We, um, 
we get to approach God in a whole new level or approach a power greater than ourselves. May not be God, may not be, may not be called God. But what the book tells us is that, um, you know, this higher power, if we begin to approach him, he makes an easy going of it for us. And that if we could even just, if we we're even just willing to believe, we can emphatically ensure anybody who comes into this room that they are on their way. So we have an opportunity to put down any prejudices, any experiences, any people that we point at that said, I don't want to be anything like them. If, if it means doing what they do, believing what they believe, thinking what they think, I'm all out. Forget it. No, we get to come in with a fresh beginning, with a fresh door opening, with an awakening, you know, of um, just being able to allow our own uniqueness that is reflected in all these different areas of our life come into the common um, place where we're all together and the people who are in these rooms and continue to stay in these rooms all have the same experience, that whatever their concept was when they first said, I'm willing to believe, it was enough. When they cracked open that door and let a little light in, it was enough. And um, they were be able to, to look at what the cornerstone is of a whole new way of life, the cornerstone of the ark that ended up helping them, allowing them to walk through to triumph. And just like any relationship with a power greater than ourselves, even if we think we know everything about this higher power, um, there's obviously something missing like there was with me that I needed to open um, up a new understanding so that I could uh, clear the way and let that sunlight of the spirit. And just like the sunlight, it will shine on anybody. No respecter of persons. It's not going to exclude anybody. When the sun is shining, we all get it. And in this room, we can all agree on the common power, that that power that's greater than ourselves, whatever it looks like when we start, wherever it goes as we develop it and continue to grow spiritually, that power, we came in with one problem, it fixed that one problem. And now it has become the solution to all of our problems. And I am so grateful that I found it in these rooms. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Sue G., please go ahead. Hi, it's Suji from Suburban City of Sisterly and Brotherly Love um, <clears throat> in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> okay, whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us these are matters about which for our purpose we need not be worried. These are questions or they are questions for each individual to settle for himself. So here we are on the outside issue that becomes the big inside issue. And and it's both. It's beautiful. Um, so if I'm going to recover in this program, I do have I do have my favorite stories. My 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 favorite one just for today anyway. Uh for a lot of days. It's um it's the acceptance was the answer found on page four seventeen of the uh, fourth edition. It has and uh, the first, first full paragraph at the end. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. Concentrate on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. So um, the 
the acceptance is what I want to fill up with. If I fill up with that angle on, and with, if I fill up with my higher power, my understanding of the higher power, my conscious connection, my consciousness, my acceptance of, I have something else to fill up with than food. And this works for me. And, and that's, that's my, my personal, in, my inside job, which is an outside issue, but it's a deeply heartfelt inside issue. So it's, it's both, inside and outside. Here we are. And I think in program, I learn from everybody. And this happens when I fill myself up with acceptance. And, and it does start with me that I have to accept myself so that I don't go into that, that uh, endless uh, uh, pour me, pour me, pour me a drink kind of thinking. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. Leah, please go ahead. Thanks so much, Kathy Kay. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. And, you know... What a beautiful thing. I mean, what a beautiful thing, whether you use a vision for you as an example of a fellowship, you know, where we come uh, from a wide range of religious, economic, social, political, uh, occupational, you know, backgrounds, where every, uh, you know, we're from every conceivable uh, way of life, walk of life, you know, and this is true today as it was when this book's you know, came off the press. The beauty is that um, there's a spirit of accommodation in this program of recovery. The The beauty is that this highway that we all trudge is broad and roomy. It's all inclusive. It's never exclusive. The only thing uh, that keeps you from trudging this road is your own prejudices or your own intolerance or a person's own contempt. You know, the big book is very, very accommodating. I mean, when you look at the language of the big book, depending on how you're filtering the information and what your perspective is, but, I mean, just the terminology that comes forward, creator, friend, spirit of nature, father of light, creative intelligence, spirit of the universe, great reality, presence of infinite power and love, realm of spirit. I mean, that's just some example of the terminology that's used here because our concepts of a higher power, as we understand him, afford everybody, afford everybody on this line and everybody in the OA community and the 12-step world an unlimited choice of spiritual belief and action. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's such a beautiful thing. You know, we don't have to let any prejudice that we have uh, deter us from what is available here. I mean, think of it as each one of us is a piece of a beautiful mosaic that when put together, form a picture of hope. Form a picture of hope that, that this has worked for all kinds of people from all facets of, you know, the planet. You know, so all of you who come here who, you know, might uh, identify as atheists and agnostics, don't despair. Just do the steps. A big book guarantees that if you do the steps, by the end of step nine, you'll have a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. And in the words of the big book, that's a spiritual awakening. 
And for people who do come here with some type of faith background, you know, my experience in working with countless of believers in Overeaters Anonymous and agnostics and atheists is that the steps remove the blockage between them and their faith and their God, and those believers end up affirming their faith in deep and ultimately mystical ways that they didn't have before. And the result, right, that's what we're looking for, the result here. The program of recovery does not have to stand on trial. The results are obvious. Leia, we lost you. Press star one, please. Thank you so much. I'll just wrap up by saying the program of recovery doesn't have to stand on trial. The results are obvious. Those of us that have trudged this road, the obsession of the mind has been driven out. We've been restored to sanity. We walk this planet as free men and women. Hallelujah. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leia. Alice M., please go ahead. Press star one to unmute, Alice. Thank you, Kathy. This is Alice M. from Florida, a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic. And I, um, you know, it says, in our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Um, and then it goes on to say, you know, it doesn't make any difference what, how, what that approach was for them, you know, what the whole spiritual path and everything. And um, I, for me, the, what impacted me the most, what saved me, what gave me hope, what filled me with hope was hearing stories. I, I think it's just the emphasis on storytelling. You know, we go back to, I have in front of me the forward to the third edition. The last paragraph says, um, each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And also at the last paragraph on there is a solution on page 29. It says, uh, we hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts, I mean, the stories, in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. So what hooked me in was not, um, you know, it was nothing academic or theoretical. It wasn't accounts and accounts of people's homework of their step work. You know, it was, it was hearing each person's unique personal story, you know, the narrative of their life, of what it was like before, then, then you know, before they plummeted into their disease, and then, and then what was happening while they were plummeting, like we get in Bill's story, and then what happened to them, you know, the bottoms they, they hit, you know, how they became willing, and what their recovered life is then like today. Um, those were the stories, that was the information that appealed to me. Um, you know, they were authentic accounts. And I'm just so glad that this this sort of tradition of storytelling has been passed along. Um, and, you know, because it's these stories that have weight and depth for me. You know, these personal stories. Uh, it was those, that, you know, where I first found help, it, or found hope. It was, and it says, you know, we hope they're not in, you know, in bad taste. Well, I tell you, if you hear if you hear a lot of puking bulimic stories, you know they're not pretty. They're pretty disgusting. But I needed to hear that. 
I needed to hear those stories. I wanted to know that someone else was suffering in, in this disease like I was. And, uh, you know, because when, when I sit in a meeting, you know, I'm tall, I'm slender, you know, I, I speak well, I can, you know, talk about, you know, the big book and speak on topping and everything. But um, I don't know if people identify with me, identify, you know, that can get it that, you know, I'm a compulsive overeater and I struggle in this disease. But when I'm given the opportunity to speak and tell my story, you know, that's when people say, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, I, I am like her. I am like her. And look what she's doing now. You know, if she can do it, you know, have come from that hell of food addiction and anorexia and bulimia, then, you know, maybe I can too. So I just, I love the, you know, the emphasis here with I, I got in touch with my powerlessness so much by hearing others share honestly and, and frankly um, their stories. And, um, and part of the story was, you know, whatever it was, whatever path spiritual that they, they got there. But to me it was just that the story of what they were like and what they're and you know and what happened and what they're like now and I just you know I have an opportunity to do that coming up and I just I know that that's where that's where people that's where people get hope because that's where I got hope I needed to hear I needed to hear that that whole um that that folklore part of of AA it's based on stories it's storytelling you know it's not theory and science it's, you know except outside of the doctor's opinion but um I just think that part is so is so important. I don't know much about any of your recoveries, your lives before, unless I've heard you speak, you know, so that's the weight and depth that um, I needed as a newcomer, and I pass. Thank you, Alice. Um, and Charles H., you'll be our last share before we move on. Thank you. Hi. Good morning, Kathy K. My name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today, and um, yeah, you know, I'm here every day. I just I don't need to share every day. It's not it's not that serious. I love to hear other people's personal stories. Um, I need not be worried about um, people's approach and conceptions. Um, I I love it. I, I love this. This is this to me is magically delicious. It really is that I don't have to. I, you know, I don't have any opinion. Uh, when it comes to anybody's personal story, because you know everybody has a red wagon, and um, and and you know if you push it, you push it. If you don't, then you know what it, it, it'll block. I I don't know about yours, but I know my red wagon will block my vision for my higher power. And um and for me, uh you know every day I don't go to a meeting, I'm an agnostic. For me, every day that I don't follow. Uh, my higher power or my God, um, I'm an atheist, and that's okay. That's okay because that's my personal story, and that's my particular approach, and that's my conception. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the spiritual side, wow, like, this just, you know, this just made a, a revolutionary change in the way of my living and my thinking. You know, um, it's my personal story, and I and I just love it. Like, you know, before you know, program and before the big book, you know, I don't think I could have really. You know what? Like, I, I judged atheists and I judged agnostics. Does does it feel comfortable to say that? No, but is it the truth? Yes, and the truth hurts. But today, I can have a 
you know what? Like, who who is not an atheist and agnostic? Who's not? I don't know, but I know I am because you know sometimes fear and resentments block me from um, my higher power. You know, I could say I believe in, but do I believe? <laughs> do I believe, Charles? Not the way you've been acting, not the way you've been thinking. So every single day is a day that I have to carry the vision of my higher power's uh, will for my life. So that's enough out of me. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. I'm now going to ask Katie G. to read the next paragraph, please. Thanks, Kathy. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks. Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Katie G. Recovered. Boston, Massachusetts. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Um, recovered KDG from Boston, Mass, from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Thank you, God. And um, this is so exciting, right? Because in this last paragraph, it said, you know, um, we're on step two, right? Came to believe the power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Not that we need some specific image. And the reason Alcoholics Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous is like brilliant for me is because I get to to get my own particular approach and conception of God that is growing and changing every day, right? Like, I don't have to define it. And thank you, God, because I don't know about you guys, but if I define God, then I'm not sure he can take care of all my problems. So um, anyway, so like we're talking about in that first paragraph, right? Like there's a lot of variation, but then it says on one proposition, and what is the pro- what is the proposition? It is a suggested plan of action, okay? So on one suggested plan of action, we've got all this diversity. Everybody believes in a God of their understanding. These men and women are strikingly, so that's attracting attention. They're agreeing, strikingly. What are they agreeing to? Okay, every one of them has gained access to. So what does access mean? Approach. How do I gain access to God? uncovering, discovering, and discarding. Because for me, if I'm still Katie the Great, if I have not accepted that I'm powerless and I'm badly mangled and that I need a power greater than me that's going to be in charge, I'm not going to be able to approach this God, right? So the way for me, the way I've learned to gain access to God is continuously doing the steps. That's 4 through 9, steps 10, 11, and 12, and looking at how my selfishness, dishonesty, self-centeredness, and fear gets in the way of my relationship with God. So I'm gaining access to I'm approaching God, right? And, and then I'm believing in. So what is believing? Accepting as true. And for me, I've accepted as true that there is a power greater than me through a spiritual experience of the educational variety. You know, every day that I've learned to, a day at a time, you know, weigh and measure and stay um, in, within the guidelines of a food plan that works for me, right? And every day that I'm willing to work the steps and, um, you know, fulfill my primary purpose of um, staying absent and helping others, then you know, I'm I'm continuing to I'm continuing to strengthen my belief. And here's what's interesting: 
it's not that this power is going to give me power to make decisions. It says that if the, the power is going to accomplish the miraculous, and that's an important distinction for me. Like, it's not like all of a sudden KDG is going to be, you know, this great, powerful person. It's that the power, whoever I define, is going to accomplish the miraculous. And I have to tell you what, I am a miracle. I have my death has been interrupted. I should be dead where I have gone in my life with eating and not eating and compulsive overeating and binging and starving and purging and everything else. My my death has been interrupted. Miraculous things have happened to me today, including sitting here as a member of Overeaters Anonymous and being able to say I have a I have a God in my life. And then just finally in closing it says as a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. So this is Al Smith in his 1928 presidential um, candidacy. Let's look at the record. And what is record? Evidence. And that's what we share, right, you guys? This is a message of depth and weight, of evidence, of you sharing with me, me sharing with you, me sitting here and saying, you know what, I've been 228 pounds, I've been 110 pounds. This disease has brought me to the ravages, both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And today... I have evidence that there is a power that has interrupted my death and given me the privilege to walk through this life a day at a time as a recovered woman, not eating, not hurting myself, not not hurting other people, and living in, in the sunlight of the spirit, which as somebody else said, you know, I'm not perfect. I get agnostic. I want to take over and run the show, but then I go back. And I say, oh, yeah, there's evidence. My death has been interrupted. What a privilege. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, KDG. Who would like to share on this paragraph? We have time, I think, for about three shares. Julie. Okay. Uh, I heard Julie. And who else? Janice. Janice. Janice and Kim. Okay, let's take those three and see where we are then. Go ahead, Julie, please. Hi, I'm Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater from California. And, you know, we agnostics is so amazing. I came into OA in 83, and I never looked at this chapter until about 2006 when I started working through the big book. And, you know, I love this sentence where it says, every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than myself, himself. I mean, I was almost 300 pounds, and I was an angry, vengeful woman, and even when I was a hundred and whatever in a size four, I was a manipulative, angry woman because I, I, my higher power, my God, my great spirit, I wasn't awakened to that yet. You know, I still held on to those beliefs um, as a child, you know, <clears throat> condemning some organized religions because what they did to my family on the reservation and whatever. And it was like only through these steps, only through working with recovered sponsor, I was able to find my God and my soul was awakened as a result. And it's like I can sit in the room with that same person or people from that organized religion and I have a peace about me. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have to find our God. My God looks totally different from a lot of people. But, you know, every day I pray throughout the day to that God. And, you know, I'm almost at a normal body weight. I don't, you know, I don't have to use food. I don't want to use food. I'm not a liar. I'm not a cheat. I'm not a thief anymore. That had nothing to do with Julie. 
it had everything to do with my great spirit. And, you know, I truly believe if I had not got a big book sponsor in 2006, I would have never have found that God. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to take you as long as it took me, but I am so grateful to be um, recovered one day at a time, and I'll pass. Thank you, Julia. Uh, Janice P., please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Janice P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I I love that we have such a variety of people, such a variety of people, and such a variety of experiences that brought us to this place, that brought us to this place. But, you know, Bill W. writes that we have a kinship in our suffering. We have a kinship. So it means that you and I, although we may be vastly different when you look at us from the inside, from the from the outside, from the inside, we are oh so human and oh so the same. And I don't know about you, but fear, fear oftentimes was what kept me from faith. Fear and faith cannot exist in the same place, but it was the fear, fear that generated this soul sickness in me. And with fear, sometimes it looked like anger, Sometimes it looked like control. Sometimes it looked like resistance. Sometimes it looked like defiance. But underneath was fear, fear, and a longing, a deep longing for connection, a deep longing for belonging to something greater than myself. And that to me, you know, this God that we speak of, the ways of love get acted out all around us, all around us. And when those ways of love get acted out, like right here on the line, we gain access to and can start to believe in that power. You know, it's a process, the 12 steps, and it's an experience, the 12 steps. So don't let it stop you because you think you don't have it yet. You will get it as a result. Bill says, we of AA find that our basic antidote for fear is a spiritual awakening. And how do I get one of those? I work the 12 steps as if my life depends on it. And I get through them one step at a time. One step at a time. Because they build on one another. They build on one another. And as the fear goes away, that sense of who that higher power is grows in me. And I hear it in you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice P. And Kim, you'll be our last chair today. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. However, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. I mean, that was my personal story. I, I believed in a God, but I had no access to that power. You know, there's a simple explanation was I believe God's job was world hunger. He had no time for Kim's hunger. So all step two is, is a simple acknowledgement that I need a power. I am not going to get access to that power until step 11. I mean, if I could simply at this point say, you know what, I need access to a power and snap my fingers and have access, then we would have a two-step program. 
the reason we have 12 steps is because we're acknowledging the step two, we, we need a power, and we're going to gain access to that power at step 11. So I just want to share my personal experience and my observation in working with others. Is I, I was told to put down the food and start reading pages 84 to 88 because that was where the solution was and that access to God. That made no sense to me. There was no depth and weight in page 84 to 88 because I hadn't experienced pages 83 and before. To me, that's like asking a kid who's learning how to do multiplication and say, you know what, read the chapter on calculus every night because eventually you're going to get that calculus chapter. The kid's going to be confused. I was so confused trying to do 10 and 11 when I didn't even have access to a power yet. So that's what our goal is. Our goal is we need access. And the way I get access is I take the actions that are going to be presented to me or on page 50, presented to me in the next pages that get me to the place on page 84 and 88 when I have access to that power. And I'll just end with this. Kathy Case from Boston. She's buried in 70 inches of snow. She knows there's roads out there. She knows there's sidewalks there. But they can't get that snow away. Who cares? There's no access to so many things in New England right now because of all that snow. And that was my problem. I knew there was a guide out there. I knew there was a way. But because of all the crap that I put between me and that power, I had no access to that power. So just like they're bringing in these big machines in Boston, they're going to come in and they're going to melt that snow, I needed to do these action steps which remove the barriers to me and that power that in step two, the only thing I'm being asked to do is acknowledge that I need that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And now it's time to bring our meeting to a close. Thank you, everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Elaine B., would you please read a vision for you? Yes, thank you, Kathy. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Um, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.